Good morning. If you are able, will you please stand for our call to worship? In this season, we worship remembering Jesus' death in love for us and all people. But out of tears, joy is born, the joy of sin forgiven, hope reborn, and life restored. We stand in awe of God who brings joy out of tears, life out of death. Let us worship with reverence. Amen. seated. It's good to see you all today and to uh, join with you in time of worship. This the first Sunday of March, but also the first Sunday in Lent, which we'll speak of more a little bit later. But as we gather here today, we gather to worship the one true and living God. We come from various places and from various different stations in life, and we gather here because we are all uh, one in Christ. Today, as we uh, worship, we uh, also welcome those who are guests. There may be those who, who have not been here at all or ever before. Others may be returning guests, and we're glad that you're here uh, to uh, worship with us. There's a card in the pew rack in front of you. If there's a prayer request you have for us, we would be glad to pray, add that to a prayer list or just pray for you uh, about that particular concern you have. And also, um, you can indicate on the other side if you have information that you want to share with us, you can put that as well. South Southern Baptist Church is in the heart of Five Point South, building an inclusive community of grace, first in this community and then beyond. And uh, we need others to come alongside us and join us to um, carry out this mission as well. We do invite those and welcome those who may be worshiping with us via uh, live stream because they also participate every week from various different places around the country, people that have scattered 
uh, as they have been here with us but uh, have had to move to other places, so we're glad you're here as well. We want to pass the peace of Christ and welcome those in the name of Christ to worship today. And so if you would, please take that moment now and do that and share with one another. you greet one another in the name of Christ, hope that you um, are able to sense the, the uh, warmth that we have here in this fellowship of faith, our family of faith here, and uh, those who are new to, um, to Southside, we certainly want to make sure that uh, you feel that and know that and experience it today. We do have um, a time for the children, if they would come, come down here, we'll Spend that. I don't know how much, just the two of you today, it looks like. So, okay. Well, Jamie, it's good to see you and Jack here today, and I want to ask you something. You know, Wednesday, we had a special service here at Southside, and um, it was Ash Wednesday service. But before that, I was outside, and I saw something I wanted to share with you. Actually, I wasn't outside. I had walked through the Dillard lobby, and I looked out the window, and I saw this that I wanted to show you. Okay, what is that? Did you see it? Did you see it Wednesday? You didn't see it. Well, what? A, uh, when you looked, when you saw that, was it just like this, or was there another one there? When I looked out, there was actually two. It was double. There was one there that sort of went over the new building, apartment building over here, and it went a full arc all the way across, one side or the other, and then there was one right above it. And it looked so close that I thought, well, you know, we might have to walk over there and look for that of gold but i don't think i don't think it was there so um but it would have been nice to have been able to uh, see how close it looks now what is what is it about? so tell me this how what does that mean for us And that promise is one that we believe in, that we hold to, that we, that we, and and the reason for that is that we know that God loves us, we and know that he 
Even though there's been multiple flash flood warnings, Jack said, we still know and there's a promise that the whole earth will not be flooded again, right? Okay. Well, um, so you can breathe easy when you see the flash flood warnings because why? You've got a promise, okay? God does love us and God does tell us through various ways, through rainbows, but also through his word, through other people, that he cares for us and he loves us and he wants the best for us. So whenever you see a rainbow, you can remember, and you probably do, but remember them and say, offer a prayer saying, God, thank you for those signs that we know, those symbols that we see, that you love us and you care for us always. Okay? Let's say a prayer together. Lord, thank you for the promises you make to us, for your revelation to us through through nature, for the words that you have given us. May we trust them. Bless these two that are here, these young lives. May they sense your love and your care for them. In Christ's name, amen.
first reading is from Psalm 32. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave me the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle. They will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the ones who trust in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing all you who are upright in heart. Our gospel reading today is from Matthew chapter 4, the 11 verses. It is the account of Jesus after he was baptized and was led into the wilderness where he was tempted. In honor of the gospel, would you stand as it's read, please, if you're able. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan. For it is written, 
Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. This is the word of the Lord. seated and as you are would you join with me in prayer gracious and loving God how blessed we are to live and serve as community of your people we thank you Lord for the beauty of creation that surrounds us we thank you that you lead us into significant relationships that both nurture us and challenge us as we experience the promise of life. For all of those things, we are grateful. Lead us now, O Lord, as we seek in this season of Lent to journey with our eyes fixed on Jesus. Lead us in righteousness that our journey may be a journey in which we embrace Christ's ways of compassion and justice, of grace and mercy, hope and right living. Lead us, God, in peace as we seek to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Fill us with your peace that passes all human understanding, a peace that this world cannot give to us, and also a peace that the world cannot take away from us. Oh, Lord, we seek reconciliation, peace not just for ourselves, but for all people. We seek to see peace in nations around the world, the struggles that we see, the pain, the destruction. We ask, oh, Lord, that where there is brokenness, that you would form us into instruments of forgiveness. Where there's despair, that you would make us channels for your hope. Where there's division that we may be empowered to bring healing and wholeness. Where darkness abounds, grant us courage to walk in the light. Our eyes fixed on Jesus and the light of the world, God of healing compassion. Lord, we lift up to you those who we know need special prayers today. And we ask that your healing hand might be upon them. And so we pause for a moment in this prayer to remember those in our own lives that need to experience the, your presence, your healing presence. Loving Lord, make us mindful of those among us this day who silently hold hurts and brokenness within them. Teach us to be perceptive, to be sensitive, to look into the eyes of others and see the pain that is there. 
We pray, Lord, for those in relationships that are struggling. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would continue to bless them and bring them into a place of wholeness and reconciliation too. For all the fear that we know is in the world, for the uncertainty that various different issues bring to mind, for the world health crisis, and for the concern that people have over the coronavirus, and the fear that it strikes in people, may you remind us that you are ultimately in control and that we might have your peace regardless of what we might face. We ask, Lord, that you would hear our prayers this day, that you would help us as we worship and move through this season of Lent. For we always seek to honor you and praise you. Hear our prayers now as we pray, even as Jesus taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
think when we all get to heaven, I would like to maybe stand in the middle of the choir. <laughs> Y'all won't be there until I was a long time after I get there, I'm sure. But nonetheless, um, thank you for, for leading us every week and for the beautiful music that uh, leads us in times of worship. That particular piece from Psalm 51 that we read at the service on Wednesday night, that uh, great prayer of confession and also restoration that um, comes from David, attributed to David, after he was confronted by Nathaniel for his transgressions, for his adultery with Bathsheba. And of course, when we hear that and we hear those words of creating me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me, it always touches me because I think it is the very core of what we do through this period of Lent. As we think about this season of Lent, it's one that even as we mentioned Wednesday night, that Ash Wednesday was not something I did growing up. Lent was also something that we just didn't observe. I don't know how many here did, but it was something that the first time I heard it, I thought it was referring to some other kind of Lent, that it was not an L-E-N-T, but an L-I-N-T. But nevertheless, uh, I understand, and through the years that I have been here and we've observed it, it is, it is a time that really sort of helps us focus, to be focused on that which we're supposed to be about, especially during this season. Robert Penn Warren wrote a novel called All the King's Men. It was first published in 1946, and it was about, or it was a story really, of a governor of Louisiana and his rise to power. His name was Willie Stark. The story was told by Jack Burden, and Jack was a newspaper reporter who comes to work for Stark and really becomes his right-hand man. The title of the book is, as you might guess, derived from the motto of Huey P. Long, who was a real-life governor and whose life very much paralleled this of Willie Stark in this novel. The motto was, every man a king. And all those that were close to Huey Long also had a life and lived a life that was quite complex and complicated, to say the least. One central motif in the novel is that all actions have consequences. And it's impossible for an individual to stand aloof and be a mere observer in life. In some ways, you're going to be involved in it whether you want to be or not. At the end of the story, Stark is shot and killed, also similar to Huey Long. But here was a man who had gained a kingdom and then he lost it all. 2,000 years earlier, a man from Galilee had said, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lost his soul? Perhaps when he made that statement, Jesus was not just addressing those that were listening to him, but actually was thinking back in his own life to a time, a time when he had to make a real big decision. It was a time when he was in the wilderness, a lonely place. He was weak from a long fast. His head and stomach ached, and his thoughts were a bit hazy. Now, I should parenthetically say this, we didn't fast much in our church either because we were Baptists too. 
And we loved to eat, and we rarely ever fasted. That was just something we just didn't do. I understand now the, the importance of that discipline and how it can aid in our spiritual growth and our own spiritual journey. But Jesus was in the wilderness for those 40 days, and as he was there, he did become hungry, just as you would. He did find those same kind of hunger pains getting his attention as you, as you would. And then he's drawn into conversation with the tempter, Satan, the devil. Jesus, the one who knew no sin, was in the wilderness for 40 days fasting and praying, and he was preparing for a journey, a journey that would last three years, a journey that would end in his trial and his suffering, his very painful death, and a burial that followed, that a burial to follow, and all followed by his glorious resurrection. We read in that text that the tempter came to Jesus with three questions or three prop propositions. If you're the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. You don't have to starve anymore. If you're the son of God, throw yourself down. Let the angels come and rescue you. If you are the son of God, worship me, and all this will be yours. Power, prestige, and, and greed are basically what he was tempting Jesus with. Though the temptations we face may be different than these, we have to admit that a lot of the world's problems are created by these particular three that we see mentioned here. That is a power that is gone unchecked. Or prestige at whatever the cost. And greed, regardless of what it does to anyone else that I might gain wealth. The 19th century Russian novelist and philosopher Dostoevsky said in, in the three questions of the tempter are summed up the history of the world and of humanity. And in them are united all the unsolved contradictions in human nature. Now, you may disagree with that, with that um, understanding or that interpretation that Dostoevsky puts forth. But I think that we do realize that much of the pain, the suffering, the despair, if we were to evaluate and track it, it could be tracked back to these particular aspects of an individual or of a culture. As we mentioned earlier, this is the 40 days of Lent, a time that we begin a Lenten journey of renewal. It correlates to those 40 days that Jesus spent in the wilderness and immediately uh, following, that were immediately followed uh, following his baptism. It's a time of preparation and renewal, time to look within to do a lot of real serious introspection, to fine tune our focus and also to see what's in that heart of ours. What's really there? Is it what we see on the outside? Is it what we want others to see? Is that what is really there? The 40 days, whether literally or symbolic, it, we know that throughout scripture that 40 days or the number 40 is used as a, um, all through the Bible, about 140 times, I think. 40 
years, 40 days, 40 weeks, all are symbolic and, and mean basically that there's a time of purging, of getting rid of or allow, allowing things to sort of be cleared out. The 40 years in the wilderness, the 40 days and nights of the flood that produced that rainbow, Jamie. That idea of seeing those things transpire and know that all of these were meaningful to those individuals in that time and also to us today. Whether we fast or whether we pray 40 days in this journey of renewal or whether we just take time between now and Easter and beyond to recognize that, you know, there is something about focusing and allowing God to speak to us about who we are. As the Sunday school class book started, or the Sunday school class started today, with a book entitled "The Gifts, The Gift of Imperfection," I think it was determined that no one in there was perfect. Is that right, Marilyn? Um, well, we all know that we're not perfect, but we also know that sometimes we try to conform to things that really are not who we are. We try to allow the rules and the regulations maybe that are pushed upon us from the outside or from those of our parents to make us into someone that we really don't need to try to be because we can't. It's not who we are. It's not who God created us to be. And so in these times when we look within and we look at ourselves and we confess the sins, it's also a time for us to think about maybe I'm doing some things I need to put down. I need to put aside. I need to let go of because... They're dragging me down. Or maybe there's things that you need to pick up, things that would really enhance your life and, and have a deeper meaning in life for you. We don't live life in isolation. And so community, our community of faith, our community that we interact with, that we worship with, all those are important in our, both in our own spiritual development, but also how we reach out into the world around us. There was a recent film, The Aeronauts. Some of you may have seen that. And it was a, an entertaining film of, about a September 5th, 1862 flight of the British aeronauts James Glacier and Henry Coxwell, who used a gas-filled balloon, and they broke the flight altitude, reaching almost 35, or about 35,000 feet. Their advances were instrumental in prediction of weather, to understand <clears throat> what this atmosphere is all about, to look at it and, and to go. And as it said in the movie, they, they said to one another that we brought the stars closer. We brought the stars closer. As the film is ending, it's after a harrowing landing where they escaped, barely escaped with their lives. They're beaten and bruised and battered. And as it draws to a close, there's a, some, um, a voice that you hear. And it says, you don't change the world by looking at it. You change the world by how you live in it. You don't change the world by looking at it. You change the world by how you live in it. So we ask those questions again about our own lives, our own journey, our spiritual journey collectively as a church, our, our journey. 
How am I doing? Where am I in this journey and where am I going? Where are we as a community of faith in this journey? How are we doing? Where are we going? All those important questions for us to ask ourselves, both individually and collectively, and to know that as far as our own spiritual journey, that can be resolved or is resolved by our faith that we believe, but also that we can discipline ourselves to be the very best version of ourselves that God intends us to be, the one he created us to be. However, it seems that the tempter is always there, asking the questions, if you're who you say you are, why can't you do this? If you're really who you say you are and have this much full, why can't you do this? If you are who you say you are, you know God would want you to have this, all of it. It's where we have that rub of our own faith journey and understanding what God is calling us to be and to do. It means that we have to carefully allow God to direct us. We have to listen with sensitive, with a sensitive heart and keen ears to our heart. When we come to this table in just a few moments, we come and we know that when we come there, that there was one who was tempted who knew no sin before or after. And he has provided this for us because we are called to be his, his own, his children, to walk after him, to follow after him, to be his children. And what he desires for you is to live life fully and wholly, to live it in a way that is a full expression of who you've been called to be, who you've been created to be. And so we come to this table today with that realization. We come with a promise that he is here. He is here with us. He's prepared this table. And he says to us, come and sit down and eat with me. Come and share this, which is my body and my blood, because these have been given that you might have this, your family of faith. It's also given that you might have a life that is whole here and also one that is for eternity. And so today we come and as we receive these elements, we do so knowing that the one who has promised all of this is able to do what he has promised and that his grace is sufficient whatever the temptation that we might face. Would you pray with me as we, before we receive the elements? Oh Lord, for this bread and this cup that represents the body of our Lord and the blood of the new covenant, we give you thanks. And we ask this day, Lord, that you would bless these and each one who receives them. May, they receive them, may we receive them knowing that you are here and you are with us now. In your name I pray, amen. In our communion here,
anyone who is seeking to follow the Lord can come and receive communion. It's an open communion. And so as you come, just know that what you receive is the one that is full of grace, the one who desires the very best for you. When we receive, when you receive um, the elements, you'll come forward to receive it. I'll serve the um, choir first. Marilyn is going to come and assist today as vice chair of our deacons, and we will then serve. So the choir would come forward, and we will begin.
stand and sing with us as we sing our hymn of response in the cross of Christ our glory, hymn number 183. If you have prayer requests, I will be here at the front to meet you. with me dear Jesus thank you for this day first Thessalonians 5 16 ask us to rejoice in all things to pray without ceasing to be glad about life in general to meditate on these things and it says in there that this is the will of God through Christ Jesus and that we're not to quench the spirit Lord, I ask you to give us the spirit of giving today. Ask us to remember from whence we came. Ask us to be thankful in all things for what we've been given so freely. Make our hearts glad today, dear Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
loving Lord, we present these tithes and offerings to you. We dedicate them to your kingdom's work. May you bless them and multiply them. In Christ's name, amen. Should we see you for just a moment, please? First, let me welcome those who are visiting with us today to let you know that we're glad you're here. And for those who've had to be away for a while, Darlene, it's great to see you back and able to be here and worship with us. And uh, others may also have returned and, and uh, been away for a while, but if you see those, please speak to them and welcome them and let them know that we're here, those both that are, uh, those that are visitors, but also those that are, uh, have been out for a while. Also, we have the, the um, refreshments there in the narthex. Please linger long enough that we can speak to you if possible. Today we have the Congregational Council meeting at 1230 for those who are part of that. And then on Wednesday, you'll want to be here for a study of Simon Peter. Uh, you are the Christ um, and followed by Get Behind Me, Satan. Now, today's sermon was about Jesus telling, speaking directly to Satan. And this time he's calling Peter, a basically the, the workman of Satan in that case. And he is, he is tempting Jesus to go a different way. And so Jesus, so Henry, we're looking forward to you explaining all of that. And, uh, but it's, a, it's been a treat to hear the studies you presented, and I know you'll want to be here for those on Wednesday. And then the men's uh, lunch and Bible study. And also, let me mention this. Tom made, uh, made a comment about it. Where, there you are. <laughs> on uh, Last week, but on Thursday at 530, we have the, the uh, communion service, contemplative service. And especially in this season of Lent, where we reflect, we look within, we listen, we read scripture, and we uh, try to understand how we can be more effective in being the people God has called us to be, but also that we can honor and bring honor and glory unto the Lord. And so I hope that you'll be here for those. And now let me pronounce a benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord make his, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.